0: My name is Marsha. I come from the Netherlands and my experience living abroad has been transformingly amazing.
1: G'day, g'day. How's it going? Welcome back to Throw Another Podcast on the Barbie. It's Chris here, special guest today on the show, Marsha. She's been traveling and she has a very interesting story. She's been all around the globe really and offers a lot of great advice and a lot of fun stories and good places to go and lots and lots of just a very fun vibe about her as well. You'll see when you listen. And I really hope you get something out of this podcast or get a lot out of this podcast or maybe you just come to listen to the stories and all that works for me. Uh So have a great, great day, great week, great month. And I hope you're staying safe out there. Good morning, Marsha. Welcome Hi. to throw another podcast on the Barbie. Thank you. So introduce yourselves to the people at home.
0: All right, cool. So I'm Marcia. Um, I'm from the Netherlands, uh, I'm 24 years old, and I have been traveling for the past two and a half years, basically.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about your background when you were younger. Were you a uh, big adventurous? Like when you were a kid, you were adventurous?
0: Um, Actually, no, no, not at all. Uh, also, like, for example, I was thinking about this. when When I was younger, we wouldn't, me and my family, we wouldn't really go to like extreme adventurous places like we would go so i live in the netherlands we would go to belgium sometimes to germany luxembourg like all the countries that are like right next to us and then at one point we would go uh to austria which would be a little further away away and um and we just decided to, like, go there every year to the same place, to the same little bed of breakfast. It was okay. awesome. It was a really cool place, but, like, not not super adventurous at all, actually. It's funny. Did
1: you did you want to go further? Your family didn't? Or what was the situation? Or you just thought, oh, this is a fun holiday?
0: No, I just thought this is a fun holiday. I didn't really think that much of it. But um, I don't know. No, I never really thought of, thought much about it. It was just... It was fun, and then all of a sudden I felt this little itch of ooh, I wanna explore a bit more, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, what was that when you were in teenager or early twenties?
0: Um I think I think it started when I was 17 because a friend of mine, she uh, she has always been about like going to like a little bit odd countries, like not the first holiday country destination you would think of. And she really, really wanted to go to Africa to do volunteer work there. But okay. her, yeah, really cool. But her parents wouldn't let her. I mean, she was 17. They said, like, you're not going to do that alone. Are you crazy? <laughs> so she just started asking friends around being like, hey, do you want to like do this with me? We can maybe like do this together and we can look for a place where they allow 17-year-olds to do volunteer work. And um, I said, yeah, I want to come. I want to do it. And we went and it was intense, but it was amazing. And I think from that moment on, it kind of opened up a world to me like, oh, there's so much more beyond Europe or beyond what I'm used to.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: I think that's how it started.
1: So your friend really caused you to feel that way?
0: I think so. Like, I never thought about it that way, but it, it makes sense. For yeah. that to be like the first thing that triggered wanting to explore more parts of the world, I think.
1: When did you decide to go on your big adventure? What happened there? Were you were you working at the time?
0: Um it it started, I think so I, I was studying. I was studying in Groningen, a city in Holland, okay. and I was living there as well on my own and it was it was great. And I had this job with which I saved money. Um because yeah in 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 Holland I know in lots of parts of the world it's a bit different but um in Holland education is uh, or at least in my situation still the government would pay you money if you would go to college so okay i um it it didn't cost me so much so it it made me able to save up money um yeah. Yeah, so I started saving up money because I knew that after finishing my bachelor's degree, I would probably need the money. Like, I would probably want to do something, go somewhere I didn't know what. But I don't yeah. know, it was just a feeling like I'm I'm probably not going to go straight to work. So yeah. I I was just saving up money, not really knowing what for, but then like being... I think I studied for one and a half years. I was like one and a half years in, two years in, and I was like, oh, maybe I want to go travel because that became more of a thing among friends and people I knew. Yeah. Um. So I looked into that a little bit more, and yeah, I I think at one point I decided like, well, cool, maybe I'm just going to go travel, and it wasn't really much of a plan, but eventually I just like went and did it, and that turned out to be like so much longer than I. <laughs> could have possibly thought in the beginning.
1: It's funny. Everyone, everyone I talk to seems to say the same thing. You're like, I'll go for six months and see what it's like. And then like five years later, they're living in Antarctica or something like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: Uh, so when, once you decided to move, what was the process? Did you decide, oh, I got to find out which countries I want to go to or which one I want to go to first? I got to get visas, things like that. Or we focused on Europe where you can just travel to different countries. With it pretty, uh, pretty much easily. Uh,
0: I, I don't know. It was completely open to me. I just thought I want to go somewhere where I don't know anything. Where I don't know. I, I wanted to throw myself into the deep kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, I think the the thing that made a clear decision, uh, or made me able to make a clear decision was, I thought, okay, but it would be cool if I could also like really learn something, like feel like I wasn't just doing this for pleasure, but also like
2: yeah, being I understand.
0: useful or something. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, maybe I can learn another language. That would be cool. So I came uh, to Spanish and uh-huh. they speak Spanish in Spain, but also in South America and Central America. So I started looking uh, to countries over there in Central South America or South America originally. Um, yeah. But then eventually I chose to start my trip in Nicaragua because I found a Spanish school there that was quite cheap, actually. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And uh, it was right at the beach. So I thought, yeah, that's awesome. That's what I want. (laughs) Yeah. And um, and it had really, really good reviews as well. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to base my decision on where to start my travels on that. Just, okay, they have a cool, have a really good uh, Spanish school. I'm just going to start there and I'll see where that leads me.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, just before we jump into your whole journey, leading up to the move, once you decided to go and you booked a ticket and you worked everything out, did you mm-hmm. feel any hesitation or did you feel any nervousness about missing your friends and family potentially or missing mm-hmm. parts of your life that you had at home that you knew you wouldn't have living abroad?
0: No, no, strangely, no, no, but I've, I've never really been like that much. I've, uh, when I, for example, when I was 11, uh, I lived in the south of Holland and, um, my parents decided to move to the north. And normally you would think a kid from the age of 11 would would like be really sad about leaving their friends, leaving the place they know. Oh, no, I'm going to go to somewhere where I don't know anything. But Uh I actually didn't mind so much. I was like, okay, cool. New adventure. Let's go.
1: (laughs) That's amazing, especially that young because I moved around a lot. I moved around a lot when I was a kid. And I remember that being a pretty big thing to leave your friends and like make friends and then go to another school or another city. Yeah. Is your mom like that or your parents are like that? or Like what? like just sort of similar to you and that they like to...
0: No, no, not at okay. all. That's a strange thing. My parents, they wanted to move to the north to start a bed and breakfast. Okay. Uh, and the north of Holland is more nature-y. So there's, yeah. it's it's more, yeah, it's more outback kind of, uh, yeah. And they just love that much more. And it's it's a perfect setting for a bed and breakfast for people to come to relax and stuff. So, um, that was a plan. Eventually things, uh, went differently, but, uh, but still we moved there and, uh, yeah, it, it, but that wasn't really a, um, a part. It, It wasn't like my mom, for example, she doesn't, she doesn't like to go far. Like what I said about the, um about the holiday in Austria, like once they yeah. found the spot that they loved, it was like, okay, so we're just going to go there. And we went there yeah. for like nine or 10 years in a row, I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and so how old were you when you first moved away?
0: Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So that was when I was 21. That was after okay. I finished studying. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right so, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Nicaragua. How was it? Am I saying that right? I'm probably saying that wrong.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Nicaragua, Nicaragua. Okay, Nicaragua, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now I'm starting to doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, it was it was awesome. I think when I when I arrived there, I arrived to Managua, which is the capital city. But that like it's it's like that in most countries in Central South America. The capital cities are shit. They're ugly. They're disgusting. They're okay. Yeah, then they're, they're not great. But um, I remember sticking to my original plan, being like, "Okay, but I'm going to give this a chance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna discover Managua." So, it, I mean, it was it wasn't great. Like, I wanted to do a hike to a viewpoint to the city uh, of the city, and yeah. for the biggest part of the hike, I I was just walking alongside a really big road, and I remember being quite shocked about the fact that all the cars driving past me, like every 10 seconds they would beep and they would like hang out of their window and scream something at me in Spanish, which I didn't understand because I didn't know Spanish yet. So it was quite intense, quite um, intimidating, I think.
1: Yeah. I
0: I don't know. I stuck with it. I I stayed really positive. I was like, oh, well, I'll just go to somewhere else then.
1: When you say give it a chance, so when you first got the, you're, expectations did not align with what what reality was there
0: No I think it's it they did align with my expectations but it was uh it was just because I read from so many other people online that you should just leave Managua like yeah okay. you will get there by plane but don't stay like it's not worth oh, okay. it and I thought like well I want to check it out I want to see I want to see for myself if that's yeah. true or not and it appeared to be true, so <laughs> I left after a few days.
1: When you say give it a chance, you didn't mean oh, maybe I should turn around and go home. You more move, thought if I don't like this place, I'll move on.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I no, I was far from from wanting to go home. No, it it was just a start, and if I didn't and like it, somewhere else, yeah.
1: No, sorry. How long? How long did you plan to go at first?
0: Um, I I really I really didn't know, but okay. I would. I was looking through my um, Instagram, like also to like kind of dig up memories for this podcast. And yeah. I I stumbled upon a video that I posted of me um, having like this little discussion with myself of like, Oh, you're like uh, pl- planning on uh, on staying away for nine months, right? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like a dumb little interview. I did theater yeah. in, in university as well, so I'm a bit like that.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: um, uh, yeah, so in that video, I said nine months. So apparently, I was thinking like about nine months,
1: more or less. Okay, yeah. So where'd you head off to next?
0: Um, well, I, I didn't want to fly so much, also because I thought – airports are quite intimidating, like, especially on your own, you have to, like, make sure that you have everything and there's no one going to look after you. So I didn't want to fly that much. But also, since it's just so bad for the environment. So I would just travel by bus in whole mm-hmm. Central South America, except for the transfer from Panama to um uh Colombia, because you can't there's like a big water in between and you have to cross it by boat or by plane so I went by plane there but most of it I did by bus so it would just I would just go to the country next to the country where I was before all the time okay so yeah so from Nicaragua I would go to um, Costa Rica and from there Mm -hmm. to Panama and then and so forth
1: and would you be jumping on the internet a lot to check out uh, past travelers advice on the places you were going? Or you're just sort of winging it?
0: Um, no, I was mostly winging it. I think mm-hmm. I did have a, a lonely planet with me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, to, to check out some, I don't know, just like some, some highlights of a place or just yeah. to get some inspiration because it can be quite overwhelming to just go somewhere and you don't know anything about the place. So like, where are you yeah. going to start? So. Yeah. I think I, I I mostly did, um, I mostly did it with a with, with a Lonely Planet. But I I would look up more and more while I was traveling.
1: And online. so the first few weeks, you didn't miss home at all.
0: No, no, okay. I was I was so excited to just do something on my own yeah, and, and be cool. yeah, just do my own stuff. Like I I've been I don't know I've been like that like I said with uh with the moving when I was 11 and then um I would I would have one year in primary school in that place where we moved to then I would go to high school I was so ready to go to high school then when I was 17 I went to Zambia with that friend I was so ready to do something extreme like that and then after high school I would go studying I would move to that place where I would go study and I was so ready to do that like I'm I don't know Change excites me somehow. Oh, that's cool. That's a really good way to be. Yeah, I think so. You're almost
1: lucky in a way because if it's naturally like that for you, it's not naturally like that for many people, I don't think.
0: No, I don't think so. I don't know. I I, I mean, I've met lots of people who are like that, but that's also a a certain type of people that travel for so long that (laughs) are like that. So it's kind of a bubble.
1: Yeah. And so you were hooked on it right away. Once you got there after a week or two, you were like, this is for me.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I think so, but I I did I did feel like a like a noob, obviously, because you would meet so many people who are already traveling for like who are already traveling for months or for a year, and I would be a little bit intimidated by them. So I, I I didn't see myself as well. I'm a traveler now. Like that that didn't happen until like I was traveling for maybe eight nine months. That I saw myself right. like I can I can see myself as a traveler now.
1: Okay, I understand. That,
0: that didn't happen from from the beginning on. I was I don't know. I think yeah, it can be quite intimidating sometimes.
1: Yeah, you're in South America. Did you go to any other countries? Maybe a better question is, what was your favorite country you visited?
0: Ooh. so I've I've been asked this question a lot, and it's so it's so difficult to answer because all countries have such different qualities and Mm. it it also depends so much on the people you meet like the people you meet and hang out with make the experience i i agree. so but if i have to judge on um what country in south america i like the best just like just based on the country itself and its possibilities i would say peru
1: okay peru
0: yeah yeah, because Peru has everything. Peru has beach, it has city, it has mountains, it has jungle, it has desert, it has everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, y- yeah, you can have all the experiences. I think I read somewhere, I'm not sure if it's true, but that there are, in the world, there are like 32 different types of climate and Peru has like 30 of them. I don't know if this is true. this <laughs> is true. Maybe I'm just talking shit now, but... I read that somewhere and it makes sense to me because they have so many, so many things to see and it's all so different.
1: Okay. That's wild. Yeah. yeah right. And you say meeting people. What was, how did you find the best way of doing that? Did you stay at hostels and things like that? And naturally, you met other travelers or did you yeah. really put yourself out there? And what was the best way you found to meet people in, in new cities when you kept moving around?
0: Yeah. That's a good one because to be honest, every time. I have been with a group of people, and eventually you have to split up again because people have other plans. They go home, or they are planning to go to of a course. different country.
1: Life and of a traveler. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you so you find yourself like after a while of being with a group of people, you find yourself alone again. And mm-hmm. every time, literally every time that happens, I'm like, "Fuck! How do I meet people? Like, <laughs> how, how did I do this before? Like, how am I how am I supposed to meet people?" Yeah. Like, so I don't know somehow it just happens but I guess I'm also lucky with that because I have always been quite an outgoing person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So and and I don't know spontaneous and I'm I don't get shy real quickly or right stuff like that so I guess I I wouldn't really immediately I think if you if you enter a hostel for example and you see groups of people I wouldn't just like go sit within a group and be like hey guys I'm Marsha you know, like I yeah. I wouldn't do that. I met a guy actually who did literally that, and it worked out perfectly for him, but um no i i I don't know. it's just for example in in hostels with a common area or hostels with a shared kitchen mm-hmm. you you will just meet people while reading a book or like while 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 cooking your dinner or lunch or whatever, yeah and you just start talking and especially people who travel alone, they're really, really open to, to meet new people. So yeah. it, it's not like they will be annoyed when you start talking to them because they're on their own as well. So like, why, why not?
1: No, I mean, you have a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: you, going into a conversation, meeting someone, you know that because they're traveling from a different country yeah. or from a different world almost to be yeah. here. So you know that you can relate to this person just by yeah. seeing them sit in a hostel reading a book by themselves you know that
0: yeah exactly yeah you can totally relate to that yeah
1: how do you would you travel elsewhere apart from south america
0: yes yes so okay um, i was in central south america for almost a year like 11 months and a bit i think was your Uh, visa
1: that long sorry to interrupt was your visa a year or
0: so, so in central south america it's it's really easy like you don't or at least as someone from the Netherlands, like that's a okay. really lucky thing for me as well. I shouldn't forget mentioning that because I'm just so fortunate to have such a, that my country has such a great status in the world. Yeah. Like it's, it's really easy to, to get into countries. Like I have a, a Colombian friend and he is just, he's in Australia right now, but he cannot get a working holiday visa, for example. Like he, he has to, struggle with with i don't know like discrimination i guess a lot yeah colombia doesn't have that great of a um reputation in the world Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: um for for dutch people it's really easy to to just enter central uh and south american countries because um in most countries i think all the countries i've been uh you can just enter without having to arrange anything like no visa nothing and you can stay for three months Okay. And if you want to stay longer, you can do a request, or you just leave the country for a few days and come back.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Yeah, but you do in in most countries. I think in Central America it was uh, a bigger deal. In South America, they didn't really check it, but um, mm-hmm. you you have to have proof of that you will leave the country.
1: Okay. So oh, okay, yeah, I understand. And within that,
0: yeah. those three months. So you have to right. show proof of that. But that's mm. it. And there are so many ways to do that without it costing you a lot. So that wasn't that much of a problem.
1: Mm. So you were there for 11 months. And then what happened?
0: So I ran out of money. <laughs> there's right. only there's only so much money you can save <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, within the years that you're studying. So I ran out of money and I went back home. But on my travels in Central South America, I met lots of other travelers. And you would talk about stuff like that as well. Like, so what when you run out of money, what are you going to do then? And you will just, like, explore options with them. Mm-hmm. Like, what would they do? Or what have they done? Or do they know people who did this or that? Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people told me, like, just go to Australia. Like, you can work there. <laughs> you can get a working holiday visa and, like, work a lot Earn tons of money because you can earn lots of money in Australia. And mm-hmm. then you just continue your travels. And so that is literally what I did. Okay. <laughs> I went home for two months, I think, and was perfect timing because it was summer holidays in Holland. So I got to see my friends a lot and my family again and hung out with them for two months. And then my mom, she actually lent, that's how you say it, right? Lent. Lent, yep. Yeah, lent me. Uh, Some money to uh, go to Australia and to like survive there for like as long as I didn't have a job. And as soon as I got a job, I paid her all back. And that's how it, that's how I did it. So, yeah, I'm, I was lucky that my mom would do that for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot, a lot of people will have that option, but I did. I was super lucky. And um, then I just worked my ass off in Australia and then I had money again to continue my travels.
1: Yeah. So, did, you get home and then realize i really got to get back out there and travel again or when you're in the, when you were just finishing up your trip your 11 months initially mm-hmm. did you think oh no i have to go home then find a way to go straight back out
0: yeah i think so i think because i didn't feel like i was finished yet like mm-hmm. this whole world opened up to me
2: yeah
0: i was like wow this is such an amazing way of living like yeah. i want to i want to continue this like it hasn't ended yet just because I ran out of money like I'm, yeah. I'm gonna find a way to continue doing this so it was a plan already before I even got back home but then also being home like when you get back home after being gone for almost a year it's awesome like everyone is so excited that you're back and yeah they want to hear your stories if they haven't already followed it on Instagram you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah but and, it's different here again, person too so.
0: yeah absolutely and yeah it, it was really fun but then after a month or like one and a half month like it's it's a bit old news you know so like you still have all the sensations of ah oh, I've had all these experience and it's so awesome but all the other people as much as they love you they're yeah. like okay but we know this now like yeah and, and they they will I don't know it will it's it's a different experience for them to hear it from me than for me to actually experience all this stuff
1: of course absolutely so-
0: and and that makes complete sense but um mm-hmm. that also kind of made me feel like okay so this has been fun i've been home uh, and i know how everyone else is doing they know they know how i'm doing like i can i'm i'm ready to go again
1: yeah yeah and you're off to australia so talk a little bit about that
0: so uh australia was awesome i i really loved it. you're from australia yes that's right yeah yeah exactly cool love your country um I, I went. Uh, my flight landed in Brisbane because I was originally planning on straight away doing my farm work. Because when you do your 88 days of farm work, you can um, extend your working holiday visa with another year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was planning on doing that, but then when I arrived to Australia, I was like, "Fuck! I'm here and it's super hot. I don't want to. Uh. I don't want to do farm work right now." <laughs> So, um, because I, I arrived there in, what was it? November. So middle of summer, that's when I arrived and that's like summer in Australia. Uh Yeah. So Uh I was like, okay, I'm not going to do farm work now. I would be fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, I'm going to find another place to, to work or like another thing to do. And I, I've always had experience in, in hospitality. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, and also the Australians that I met in, in South America, they all told me like, oh, you know, in Australia, we have a place, it's called Byron Bay. You will love it. <laughs> like it right. is such a place for you. You should go there. So, I mean, um, Byron Bay is close to Brisbane. So mm-hmm. I just went to to Byron Bay after Brisbane. I was in Brisbane for a week because you have to arrange some stuff like a bank account and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. Yeah. But uh, as soon as I finished that, I went to Byron Bay and I I found a job at a really awesome restaurant and I could stay there for six months, which is the maximum of how long you can work for the same employer uh, with a oh, work
1: visa. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean you can work for longer, but it will give you problems with uh with uh requesting a second year visa.
1: Okay, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it has to do with like backpackers not permanently taking the jobs of local people, which makes okay. sense. Yeah. That it just has a limit of six months. And yeah. if, if the company really wants you and really thinks you're an asset to their company, then they can sponsor you and you can stay local. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah,
2: yeah.
0: a whole other process. hmm Um yeah, okay. So I got to Byron Bay, lived my awesome little hippie life there. I loved it. Yeah and um yeah it's just such a such a awesome town like as i said like lots of hippie kind of vibes and 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 surfers all over the place and mm-hmm. it's really fun i actually i didn't learn surfing there i should have but okay. I, I don't know i think i was just a bit intimidated by all the people who could surf really really well and then byron bay is also it yeah, it has a place called the Pass, which is a really cool surf spot, but it's packed. It's always always packed. So as a s- beginner, you will just be in people's way the whole time. So I just didn't mm-hmm. start it.
2: Okay. I did.
0: I did meet a guy in um, in Byron Bay who surfed a lot as well. It was his like life passion, and he mm-hmm. would take me out on weekends surfing, for example. And he he taught me how to surf a little bit. So that that was really awesome. Okay. That was- that was fun, but I didn't really like it that much yet. Then, to be honest, yeah, <laughs> because it is so hard. It is so difficult. Very and difficult, yeah. I I just get so frustrated when I don't, when I can't do something. So mm-hmm. he would just be like, "Oh but no, but just enjoy, like just smile, smile. It'll be fun. Like you have to just have to enjoy it." And I was like, "No, I don't like this. I can't do <laughs> it. I can't, I'm gonna keep falling. I I can't stand up." <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's still it's still a really cool a really cool culture, the whole serve life, I think. I, I, I love that about Byron Bay. Yeah, then, I think
1: it's a cool set. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, and and then after Byron Bay, I was like, okay, so I've been in Australia for over half a year now. I still have three months of farm work to do.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: I I started um looking for farm jobs, which is crazy difficult because there are so many backpackers who want to stay for a second year. Mm-hmm. It's and then also lots of farmers they don't they don't want to hire backpackers who don't have any experience. Yeah. So like obviously it makes sense, but like that takes away so many chances.
1: Yeah, of course. It, yeah, it makes sense in both ways because <clears throat> they don't want to be trading new people every ninety days. But yeah. Also, you don't have a chance if they're not going to let you try, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah. eventually, uh, so I, because I really wanted to have, like, the Outback experience, mm-hmm. um, but that was every backpacker wants that. So it was, I, I couldn't find it. I didn't find a place. So mm-hmm. I went to a working hostel, uh, and that makes it a bit easier because um, you pay them that you pay the hostel for accommodation, but you act, it's more expensive because you actually also pay them for finding a job for you, in right. farm work. So um, I went there. It was in Childers. I don't know if you know this place. I know Childers. Yep. <laughs> oh really? It's yeah. so small.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I don't know it uh, intimately, but I know all of it and I've, I've heard of it.
0: Yeah. So th- there's a working hostel there, like two, I think and um farm it's called in it, it, it was it's it's a it's a weird hostel like they're really really strict and they're a bit how do you say like they they love to be in charge like being yeah. superior and like bossing okay. people around be like no yeah. you cannot be up that late you know okay and so it was a bit of a weird experience but they did find me an amazing job that paid me hourly and not okay. piece rate because that's another big issue with farm work. If you get paid piece rate, you get shit money basically.
1: Right. But you get um, get to live on the farm? Is that usually the situation?
0: No, so you you live in the hostel and the hostel arranges every day they arrange um transport to the farm that you right. work.
1: Okay. Okay, okay. But,
0: and I was working in a peck shed, so that's nice as well so, because that's not physically as hard. Yeah. Um, in an avocado peck shed. <laughs> so I yeah. worked so okay. in the in the meantime I made some friends, Dutch friends actually, that had been a long time, so that was super fun. Two mm-hmm. Dutch friends. And we decided the three of us to find another farm job because we were all in the same avocado peck shed. Yeah. Um and we found Did you feel
1: like you were racing against the clock to get this done still? So you had your no. eight weeks and then you're like, now I gotta find otherwise I'm not gonna be able to stay and this would have been a waste to do yeah. this.
0: Yes, okay. it was a crazy, emotional,
1: yeah, nervous,
0: nervous search for a job, for sure. But we yeah. we found something quite quickly, actually, in Mildura in the south. Also, a peck uh, a peck shed job, so also hourly pay, which was awesome. Yeah, um, it it got a little bit stressy when we got there because the guy who arranged it, the, um, there's a name for that, a contractor, I think. He uh, um, yeah. he he is like the the contact person with farms. He like provides accommodation in hostels, but it's not his hostel or anything. Okay. And, um he you pay him and you he will find you a job. And but he was so dodgy, he was so odd. Uh like a little bit how do you say schizophrenic almost? Like he would talk in like weird voices to himself. It was so weird. Okay. And a bit scary. So when we arrived there, like we 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 flew all the way from Brisbane to uh, Melbourne, and then took like an eight-hour train to Moldura, and we got there. We were like, okay, so now we're gonna have the job, awesome. And he was like, no, 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 you have to wait for a bit because it's not available yet. We were like, fuck, what mm-hmm. did we get ourselves into? Like, what if we're not gonna get this job because this guy was so dodgy? Yeah. And- but eventually it was fine, and we got the packing job, and um, yeah, we were we were fine. And then after that job, I had three weeks left on my visa, so I just just made it, and uh, I went back to Barham Bay,
1: <laughs> right? Very cool.
0: Yeah. How,
1: how, when you say just just made it, how close was it?
0: Like, it was actually so the, the asparagus farm they th- their season was over as well and i okay. think so you have to have 88 days of farm work and i had mm-hmm. like 89 89 okay. days of farm work okay. so i i just just made the 88 days because it would have been impossible in my last 3 weeks to find a job for only a few days like no yeah. one is going to hire someone for a few days
1: well i so, wonder if it's that strict where it's like oh you only worked 87 days you cannot stay well i guess it has to be with legally
0: yeah we but you you hear different stories about it like okay. um some people say like well they don't even check it like they do it like just one in what 50 people actually gets checked the rest they just approve so okay. like there's a big chance that you will get through it but you don't okay. want to take the risk you know no. like, to no, be the no. one that you check and then won't allow you to have your second year
1: yeah no understandable yeah but they um so you're back at Byron Bay. Would you say Byron Bay was your favorite place in Australia?
0: Yeah, for okay. sure. But then I also I also didn't really see much of Australia because I was there mainly to work and to earn mm-hmm. money to continue my travels.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's also why I wanted the 88 days so bad so I could um I, I could come back to Australia to actually see the country.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. You
0: know, like, I could do that on a tourist visa, but it would be more awesome to do that with a visa that also allows you to work because Australia is quite an expensive place to live.
1: So just so you were clear, you could work 88 days in your first year, then go back home and then come back and And... live in Australia again for another year? Yeah. Okay, okay. I always thought it was you have to go one year. If you want to stay, you can do the farm work and then stay for the extra year extended upon the first year. I didn't know you could leave and come back.
0: No, no, no. You can leave and come back. Okay. your so the second year you can use it up until you're 31 in Holland at least. Okay. Some some countries can use it up until 35 even. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh. So where did you go to next after Australia? Uh,
0: I went to Bali. Bali, okay. And that is like a very like I wouldn't have. I don't know. Somehow Asia never really. I, I, I don't know. It didn't really appeal me so much to go there. I don't know why, because mm-hmm. it has so many beautiful places, but it never really caught my attention or something. But then in Australia, everyone goes on holiday to Indonesia or to Bali. So yeah. you hear more and more about that. So that made me think, okay, maybe I want to check out Indonesia as well.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: then I went to Bali and it was really awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You had a good time?
0: Yeah, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful in the I went to the south to Uluwatu. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of beaches there. Um so that was yeah. I I just love beaches. So I I had a had a great time there and I met some really awesome people as well that I hung out with there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and then after that in because at the end in my last few weeks in Byron Bay, I really got a big interest for yoga. I met a really awesome yoga teacher, um, mm-hmm. Shikma and Maxim. Uh, their thing is called Tune Space Yoga in Barren Bay, and they're so so awesome. And they really inspired me to do more to uh, to do more with yoga. And mm-hmm. so Bali is a perfect place for that, right? So I went to Ubud in the north, or a bit more in the north of Bali, mm-hmm. and I went I went to the Yoga Barn, which is like a uh, like a really awesome, beautiful yoga school in the jungle. And I spent like three three or four weeks there doing yoga every day, like four classes a day, which was right. super intense, but it was so, so fun. Very cool. Yeah. So you
1: went to Bali based off your experiences in yoga in Byron Bay? Sorry? Did you decide on Bali based on your experiences in Byron Bay? Like your yoga experiences? Uh,
0: yeah, mainly.
1: Okay. Mainly,
0: yeah, cool. but but also just because people told me such awesome stuff about Bali in general. Because mm-hmm. so many people who live in Australia go to Bali as well because it's all of a sudden close by, you know? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, so yeah, true.
1: yeah. Uh, so just moving forward a little bit, what was your experience with the with the coronavirus? Well, yeah, the was- situation
0: that was hectic that was Mm -hmm. really really crazy i was in sri lanka at the time that that happened because after after bali i uh went back home as a surprise for christmas actually for one month which was really fun and after that after that one month i uh went to sri lanka i just wanted to continue my travels and discover asia Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: um so i was in sri lanka and so corona became a big deal in europe uh, mainly in italy that's where it yeah, started that's so,
1: right it was huge there yeah
0: yeah and that was all scary but like honestly i didn't catch much of that because i was in sri lanka and mm-hmm. nobody cared there and there was no corona there yet so
1: mm-hmm.
0: it wasn't really a big deal sri lanka is an island so there, there's not that much um i don't know anyway. yeah
1: no i understand what you mean i mean the whole thing was just totally unprecedented like yeah. in our lifetime it just was so unexpected, even when you kept hearing about it, you're like, oh, it'll pass, like all the other flus I've heard about. Yeah. You know, but This was the next level thing. So if you yeah. don't pay attention to it, thinking it's going to pass, yeah. if you're like me, then I totally understand where you're coming from.
0: But then actually the, the craziest part was, so I was in Sri Lanka, and in the, in the time I was there, I decided, okay, I wanted, so how I told you just before that I wanted to do more with yoga, I decided yeah. on doing a yoga teacher training in India. Okay. And so I planned all of that and I booked it and I booked the flight and it was all definite. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then I remember having breakfast with some friends at a restaurant and one of them said like, oh, but um, I heard India is going to close their borders like tomorrow. I was like, "Uh, what? (laughs) So I started stressing. I was like, what this true this can't be true so I was looking it up and yes India released the information that day that they were going to close the borders the next day uh, oh. for everyone so I was like well shit I have that yoga teacher training that I really want to do I'm so ready for it I want to do it yeah. so I decided to fly to India that night
2: <laughs> Right.
0: so I bought a ticket online and I went to the airport and I flew in before 12 p.m because that was when they would close the borders and I was fine. I could still enter the country. Wow! And so I was in India, but my yoga teacher training was far away, still like more than a month. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, so what am I going to do now? Mm, Let's see. So I was in, I don't even remember because I was, I was in India for only four days eventually because everything, as soon as I got to India, everything like went wrong. Like I, was I I tried to arrange a SIM card, but tourists weren't allowed to to, to buy SIM cards anymore. So that was like a, a big struggle somehow. Mm-hmm. So an, an Indian girl from my, uh, or a girl from India from my hostel, she helped me because we could put it on her name and then I could use it or something. That right. was a big struggle. Um, after two days that worked out, then I was like, okay, I might go to Goa. That is like a yoga place kind of state. And, Uh, I would love to just uh, sit out my time there until my yoga teacher training. Then I took a bus because Goa was very far away. I took a bus to Mm. uh, uh, Bangalore. And from there I had to take another bus to Goa. Um, And then they said, Goa is going to close the borders now. So you can't go Uh. there. Okay. So maybe I'm going to go to Hampi. Hampi would be like a really cool place. Friends of mine talked about it.
2: Um,
0: And I was like, okay, I'm going to go there. And then on the bus to there, I uh, I checked and called with a hostel, like, hey, can I, c- do you have space uh, for like another backpack? They're like, no, 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 Hampi is on lockdown. Like no one is getting in. Right. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So I stayed in Bangalore and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Oh, and meanwhile, I don't know. I don't think I mentioned this. Meanwhile, my yoga teacher training was canceled. No. So, yeah. So they, they because. All, I mean, most, of course
1: it was, but still that's so disappointing.
0: Yeah. And also because Corona wasn't that close to me yet. It mm-hmm. only started when I got to India. So in four days, it came at me all at once kind of thing. So I, I, I wasn't really thinking, um, I wasn't really thinking properly, like mm-hmm. realistically because I hadn't experienced anything of Corona yet. So how big could it be? You know? Yeah. Yeah. and then all of a sudden it was huge yeah so, um I I yeah so the yoga teacher training got canceled I was super 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 sad and then um that I was staying at a hostel one day and that say I stayed there for one night and then the next day I decided okay I will just have to go home because I called with my mom and My mom, she had a friend in India who had a company and maybe I could go to her, but they were on lockdown as well. And I I had a friend in Indonesia who uh, said, well, maybe you can come here. But then Mm -hmm. I read some stuff about people going pretty crazy in Indonesia already about like backpackers because backpackers basically brought the the virus into their country. So there's a bit of a tension there. So yeah. I don't know, it didn't really feel safe. And I, yeah, I, I heard stories about other friends who were traveling, th- who were like, people would walk around them in a big, big circle, like like far away from them. Like, I am not getting close to you, you know? Like, it would be all weird and and strange. So I, I didn't want to get myself into a situation like that, not yeah. even knowing if I could go home if when I wanted to. So I yeah. decided to, to just go home before it wouldn't be possible anymore. So now I'm home. And it has actually been harder on me than I than I thought it would be because while traveling, you, you learn to adjust a lot all the time because, I mean, things never really go as you plan them to go. And I don't know, I think while traveling, I just learned to go with the flow a lot more. But I think I, I, I never really could have prepared myself for having to go back home when I don't want to go back home. And that's the case now. Um, I think I subconsciously just saw myself like still traveling for years. Um, for example, on, on working holiday visas, because it's not only a possibility in Australia, they also have it in New Zealand and in Canada and you can use those working holiday visas up until you're 31 and I'm only 24. So, I mean, that could have been a great way of exploring the world and still making money. So, yeah, I could, I could have still taken advantage of that fact for still quite some years, but obviously that's not possible now. So, now I'm back in Holland and um, I'm falling into nothing a little bit because... I mean, obviously I have my friends and family here and I'm so happy that I can see them again and and all of that. But um, I don't have like something that really keeps me here. As in, I don't have a job in Holland. I don't study anymore in Holland. I don't have my own place here. Like none of that. So um, it, it's hard to ground in a place where you initially don't even really want to be, and still, but still find reasons to make it exciting for yourself to to stay and to want to stay because I don't have any other option right now. Um, but I mean, I, I am working on a few projects for my future traveling self, as in I am uh, now that I have all the time in the world I, and a laptop with me because i I never travel with a laptop. Um, I am working on a uh, travel blog and I mean you know just I've been thinking about that for uh, for quite some time already but I never did it since I don't travel with a with with a laptop and so that would practically be possible Um, but it's it's nice to be able to share your your stories and your adventures um through something else in Instagram, because Instagram never covers it, you know, Um, you can go really into depth. And uh, yeah, I've had actually lots of requests of people as well. Like, shouldn't you start a blog? It would be so nice to know more about what you're actually doing all the time. And, um, but so, but that was never possible until now. So uh, I'm working on that, just a blog for just my adventures and stories and things that places I've been, things I've seen, people I've met and just a bunch of tips and tricks, for example. Um, yeah, so I, I'm working on that. And I'm also uh, thinking about maybe uh, starting to study again because I studied pedagogical sciences, which is basically you, you learn all there is to learn about children, basically, like how they develop physically, socially, mentally, emotionally, uh, how educational systems work, like what works best, blah, 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 blah and all all the types of education. And uh, I could do an additional uh, studies to that, which will actually allow me to, to teach, which, which would make me a qualified teacher in primary schools. And that would be a cool investment in my future traveling self as well, because everywhere in the world, they need teachers always. So... Um, that could be a great way to earn money in the future as well while still being able to travel. Um, and th- the blog, for example, as well, if that turns out to be huge, I mean, who knows? Crazier things have happened. Maybe I could earn some money with that. Um, meanwhile, I'm also still interested in becoming a yoga teacher. So as soon as I can do a teacher training, uh, I will do it and maybe i can travel the world while teaching yoga because everywhere in the world people are interested in yoga so i mean there are many options many many ways to to, to i don't know to find to find possibilities for me in the future
1: yeah okay cool and yeah. so do you have a favorite place you visited
0: i don't think so because oh. like i said before like all the all the countries have, like, they have their own thing. And also the people, exactly. Like, it it just, it depends on so many factors how you experience a country. Like, India, for example, I experienced it as a shit country. But that makes sense because only shit things happened. So, but I think if there are, if I have to name some real highlights or special, really awesome experiences, I would say um the galapagos islands okay do you know those
1: i don't know them i've heard of them but i don't know them too well yeah so
0: those are uh is the galapagos islands is a group of islands that uh that is part of ecuador Mm -hmm. and um it's such a it's so dreamy there like you can swim with sea turtles in the wild you can swim with sea lions in the wild like it was it was so magical, so crazy. Yeah. It, it that was a really awesome experience and well Byron Bay, like I I can't imagine how my life would have been in Australia if I didn't go to Byron Bay. That was such an awesome place as well. Okay. And, and actually, now that I'm now now that I think about it in Peru, a lot of people skip this, but um I, it is. It has been one of the coolest places I've been in in Peru, actually, which is Huara's, and Huara's is in the middle of Peru, um, and it's in the mountains, and you have such beautiful, amazing hikes there, okay. like hikes to lakes. There's one quite famous lake, Laguna Sesenta Nueva.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and that that means uh, Lake Sixty Nine and um it, it the water is just so crazy blue and it's like in the middle of these snowy mountains and it's it's very it's very beautiful like what? and all sorts of those hikes are there in huaraz
1: mm-hmm. so
0: it is such a, it's a place worth visiting for sure
1: okay it's good advice yeah and you told me earlier you have a a crazy travel story you'd like to tell
0: yeah yeah. So, well,
1: please do. I'd love to hear it.
0: Yeah, so this has probably been like the weirdest thing happening to me on my travels for sure, which was uh when I was in Colombia. I was uh working at a at a hostel. Um mm-hmm. just like doing like being a receptionist for a bit, being behind the bar a bit, like just doing a little bit of everything. Um it's called Rancho Relaxo. It it doesn't exist anymore actually, which is super sad but it was a really awesome place and we were there with a group of volunteers one night uh it was like 12 p.m no sorry 12 a.m that would be and Mm -hmm. uh, we were just hanging at the bar everyone was like getting ready to go to bed basically just hanging out for a little bit longer and all of a sudden this group of guys walks into the hostel. It was like an open hostel. So the bar was outside as well. And the entrance was close to the bar. So they all walked inside and they had like things over their head and like in front of their mouths. Mm -hmm. And they were just walking in quite quickly. And like, I didn't really realize what was happening. So I remember looking at the guy sitting next to me, looking at him like, what's happening? Mm -hmm. And he told me I think we're being robbed. Oh my god. Yeah, so I was looking at these guys again who just mm-hmm. walked in and I saw that they had guns in their hands. So I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is real. This is crazy." So the guys started talking to us in Spanish. By then I knew Spanish, mm-hmm. but then, then I remembered I read somewhere that um if for example, when you In some countries, you have to, uh, they try to get money from you when you enter the country. Like, it's not fair, but as a tourist, like, they try to get money from you because you have money. And so, a lady wrote on on like a blog or something that she uh, just pretended to not know, understand anything, not Mm -hmm. know what they were saying, and they would just leave it, be like, oh, whatever. Yeah, and so I tried to do that. It was yeah. just I don't know. It came, it came up, and in my head, and I thought, okay, I'm just gonna act like I don't understand them, and maybe they will leave.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that didn't happen, obviously. So eventually, I started talking to them in Spanish and some other people around us as well. And they wanted to see the owner of the mm-hmm. hostel, and so we woke up the owner. He came um the rest of us who were all awake because it was a group of four or five people i think Mm. the rest of us who were awake we were put at the campfire that was still going on so we were all sitting around it and the rest who were sleeping they just stayed asleep we wouldn't wake anyone up but uh they woke up the owner and they wanted to to enter one of the rooms and that would be one of the rooms that had a safe and it's so weird like how could they know there was a safe there so yeah it it was so weird, but they wanted to enter the room. And so everyone was put at the campfire. They entered the room. Everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? And meanwhile, uh, so we were sitting at the campfire. Those guys were in that room. And they were also trashing like other rooms, just like everything they could find, like phones, laptops, money, whatever. They they would just all take it. And, but the weird thing is to or three guys were doing that. And two guys were watching the people at the campfire so that we wouldn't do anything crazy. Right. Right. So we were just sitting around that campfire and it was taking a long time. Like it was already like half an hour in or something like what the fuck is happening. And then one of the guys who permanently worked at that hostel, I don't know where he got the balls, but he asked them like, so this is taking quite a long time. Can we at least have a drink? Mm-hmm. And everyone was looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Stop, don't. And the two guys who were watching us, they looked at each other. They were like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> one of them grabbed, like, walked around the bar and grabbed uh, a bottle of rum, I think it was. So we were just... Sitting at this campfire, sharing a bottle of rum while we were being robbed. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so unrealistic. It was that's so true. Yeah, it was that's crazy. So but, like, thinking about this robbery as well, it was so Colombian. Like, so because Colombians, they're like very laid back, you know, like manana manana, which means tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, don't worry too much. Like, it'll all be fine. Like, don't stress. Yeah. And that's exactly how this robbery was as well. Like they they were just talking to the owner while the others were being robbed. Like, oh, so you're from Canada. Cool. Yeah, I would love to go to Canada sometime. <laughs> and the owner was just like, what the fuck is happening? You that's know,
1: like,
0: Don't talk to me like we're friends. Like you're robbing me. What are you doing? But you didn't
1: feel like did you, Like they had guns, but did you feel like, I'm like really in danger?
0: No, I was just frustrated like these yeah. guys didn't didn't even seem like they were were real bad as yeah. like bad guys or something yeah, they yeah. were just like trying something with a little toy in their hand kind of vibe but yeah, yeah. we got like they were trying to stay friends but also rob us like it was so weird and yeah. then I don't know so eventually Do
1: you still took- keep in touch with them or
0: what, with the robbers? Yeah. It's, no, no they're going leave a phone number, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, sorry. <sad. laughs> no, but so eventually this robbery took like two hours. And we were just sitting around that fire being like, okay, when is this going to be over? Like, we're going to have to check the damage. And so in two hours, they were just gone. They said, okay, we're going to leave now. Don't move for like 10 minutes. And then... Yeah you can go or something, then you can do your thing. So we waited and they left. And wow. so we we found all the rooms trashed and like phones being stolen, laptops being taken, money yeah. gone, like just all gone. But then on the other hand, it took me like two or three weeks until I got a phone because it was also kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> to not have a phone. And so, so mean- when they
1: left you there with the other people, the other prisoners I guess. Or yeah. well, the hostages or whatever you want to call them. What did you just say yeah. when they left? You're like, well, that was annoying. Or you're like, that was scary. Or you just.
0: No, I think afterwards people were like, how do you say? Like shook up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shook they, up, they yeah. Were,
0: shaken they, up. Yeah. They, yeah, shaken up. Exactly. They were a bit like, holy shit, did this just happen? Like what? So I think, but people were also laughing a little bit. Like out of nervousness, obviously. Yeah. Because it was yeah. really scary what happened. but. Also, yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone cried. Everyone was okay. And
2: yeah.
0: it really bonded us as well. Like, fuck, we experienced this together, yeah. you know? So I, I do remember the, uh there were two girls who were staying there as well. They were Irish, I believe. And they um, they were like, do you want to, like, sleep with us? Like, we can sleep together. Like, if you're scared, yeah. it's fine. So, I don't know. People were really nice with each other. and. Yeah. Yeah, it it bonded. It was bonding.
1: That is yeah. an amazing story. Thanks for telling that. That's great. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Uh, so, just moving into the sort of the summary now. Do you feel yeah. like your your experience overseas changed like the way you see the world or the, your perspective on life?
0: Yes, yes, okay. for sure. Yeah. Yes, because when you're when you're at home, uh, just like in your own bubble, it feels like that's all there is and like that, that is the way to live but once I started traveling I met so many people who live outside of those norms you know like people who don't want to have a full-time job and people who don't want to like who don't want to earn a lot of money because Mm -hmm. they know that that doesn't make them happy if they have to do that for like a company that they don't like or like if they feel like it's useless what they're doing but at least they're earning money it's not enough yeah. for them. Yeah and it's it sounds a bit cheesy I guess but it's it's just so true. I recognize that so much. Like I yeah. I would for example now I get home and my friends, I'm 24, my friends are 24 as well and they are all getting into full-time jobs, their first full-time jobs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just cannot imagine I can't imagine Doing doing that. I also don't know what I do want to do, but I know that I don't want to do that somehow.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I I don't know. I just know that there are so there is not one way, one right way to live your life. There are so many other ways. And I think I would have known about it, would I but I never would have actually considered it if I hadn't gone traveling, I think. It also really changed my perspective in a way that I through traveling now realize that Um, not everybody can like you and you also don't have to like everyone else and you don't always you don't have to get along with people if you don't want to like I think while traveling that's um, easier because if you meet someone and you turn out to not get along that well with that person it's fine and you just walk away and it's also you meet so 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 many people that yeah you kind of automatically have to select who you want to hang out with and who you preferably don't want to hang out with like
2: mm-hmm. you
0: it's almost like you uh, are able to focus more on your core core values in uh in a friendship or what you are looking for yeah. in other people yeah. because whereas as whereas at home um if you meet someone and you don't get along, it might be a little bit more of a, of a problem because you might run into that person again, because maybe you know them from work and you have to work together with them, regardless if you like them or get along or not. Whereas when you're traveling, um, you, you completely are a hundred percent in control on with who you hang out and who you don't want to hang out with. And I don't know, it, it made me realize more what I value in friendships and what I want from people and what I want to give to people for myself. Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it really opened my eyes with that.
1: That's true. I agree with that advice completely. Do you have any advice for people? I know you didn't feel this, I guess, but I think a lot of people when they're about to leave home or they they're about to go traveling or living abroad they feel like hesitation or there's reasons they make up reasons in their head not to do it i mean mm-hmm. i'm not sure you have any advice on that because i guess you didn't really feel that way but if someone in that yeah. situation would you have any advice for them
0: um yeah i would i think the only thing i can really say is like just do it like yeah. just <laughs> sponsor for nike <laughs> <laughs> just just like no but really like just go go, go do it like go just, just go and like, don't even plan too much because the people who travel, who plan a lot, mm-hmm. they will not be satisfied because yeah. things never go as you plan, no. especially in, in, in continents like South America or like in Asia. Like, I don't know. It's like, just, just, just go and experience. And if you like, there's always, there's always a solution. You will always be fine. Like, even if you don't have any money, yeah. like you, you will find a way to, to make money if you really try, yeah. you know, like if, if you really want it and if you really want to go for it, it, it will work out. Like mm-hmm. that's just how the universe works.
1: Yeah. And so you definitely recommend this experience you've had.
0: Yes, 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 yes. hundred percent. Yes. 100% yes.
1: 100%. <laughs> you said you met a lot of people along the way. Do you really keep in touch with people or do you sort of, it's more of a social media thing now where you sort of like um, each other's photos on Facebook for the most part Have you made, um, some lifelong friends along the way?
0: I, I definitely have made some lifelong friends, but it is also what you say. It is also mostly just liking each other's photos on Instagram and every now and then commenting on each other's stories. But I also know that with a lot of those people, or not a lot, but like quite some of those people that I really connected with on my trip, I can, I can always go to them if I... I'm struggling or if I have a problem or like if, yeah. I, if I need a friend, they will be there because you've had such a special experience together. Yeah, like, And with some people, I also felt like I was like s- just supposed to meet them. Like there's actually this really cool uh, story about uh, a girl I met in Bali when I was at the yoga barn, I mm-hmm. uh, that place in Ubud, I was waiting for a meditation class and there were quite some people waiting and all of a sudden this girl like I see her looking at me and I was like oh, okay well she looks nice or whatever and I just continued and then I was doing something else and I saw her looking again and she was like approaching me I was like oh huh and so she walked up to me and she showed me a picture like hey I don't want to seem like a freak but uh, like a couple of weeks ago, I took a picture of a girl on the beach in Uluwatu because I just thought it looked so nice and so cute. And um, I think it's you. <laughs> and so, so she showed me the picture, and it was a picture of me on the beach, and it was so strange. Yeah. But so somehow we met again there in 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 Ubud, and yeah, it was. I had the best wow. time with her. We connected so deeply. It was it was so. So amazing! I had such a great experience with her, and we we still are in touch. Like yeah. she teaches yoga online, I follow her classes. Like, yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's re- yeah, really, yeah. I really made some special friends for sure. Very cool. Yeah. Uh,
1: final question do yeah. Do you have anything that you wish you knew before you left home?
0: I think. Yes, I think I wish I knew that um no that like because somehow when i started traveling like what i said before i only felt like a real traveler Mm
1: -hmm. after
0: like eight or nine months because somehow somehow you make up in your head that there is this big community of travelers that are all in the same whatsapp group sharing this secret super important information about traveling and that's how Mm -hmm. they keep up kind of you you get the idea like you feel like you are missing out on a bunch of information that everyone else does have yeah but it's just not true like everyone is doing the same as you like you are just as experienced as everyone else like even if you're traveling for two weeks or traveling for a year like you have the same experiences in traveling and like you don't like there's i don't know it's just you already have the information that you need like trust trust yourself a little bit in knowing what you're doing even if you feel like you don't know what you're doing yeah kind of good. thing great super advice. philosophical
1: <laughs> yeah i like it, it was good <laughs> well Marsha, this has been great i really appreciate you coming and talking to me it's, it's you've had a fantastic story and given a lot of great advice and thank you so much for thank coming you. on
0: yeah thank you for inviting me on your podcast so fun thank you, Marcia. Thanks.
1: <laughs> G'day, just one last thing. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to check out Marsha's blog, it is a road trip to Mars dot dot a road trip to Mars dot com. And I'll add a description in this episode. Cheers.